Hey, thanks so much for joining us at our Red Rocks Church podcast. If you're new here, we're just a bunch of broken, messed up, imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. We hope that this message encourages your heart, builds your faith so that you can say yes to all of the plans and the purposes of God for your life. Enjoy this message. If you're turning your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 8, Luke chapter 8, and I'm going to jump right in, uh, in this five reasons. How many of you have been blessed by this series so far? Come on, put in the chat right there. This series has been amazing. Like four of you in the room have been blessed by it. It's awesome. Um, but five reasons. And today, I want to preach from this topic. Five reasons I'm in the company of Jesus. Five reasons I'm in the company of Jesus. In other words, if Jesus had a company, you're hired. If Jesus had a company, you get to team up with Jesus to change the world. And how does that happen? And we're going to jump into that in, in Luke chapter 8. I love this. It says, he continued. Now, the writer Luke uh, is referring he as Jesus. Jesus continued according to plan. He traveled to town after town, village after village. What, did he, what, what was he doing? He was preaching God's kingdom and spreading the gospel message, the gospel message of salvation, the gospel message of freedom, the gospel message of joy, the gospel message that Jesus can use anybody, everybody, and anyone. Now, who was with him? Like, who traveled with Jesus? Who helped him conduct this? Who was the DoorDash of destiny? Come on, somebody. <laughs> who was the Postmates of purpose? We can just, can I just keep going? I can rap too. I just drop. Drop bars, you know what I mean? Who was the grub hub of the gospel? <laughs> Who was with Jesus? Who helped him? It says the 12. Well, that's odd because they don't seem very qualified. The 12 are with him. And then he goes on to say, who else was with him? And I love how Luke describes who was with him. It says, there were also some women in their company. Someone say their company. And I, let's just pause there because ladies, uh, uh, all the ladies, not all the single ladies, but all the ladies, Tuesday night is women's night, and y'all need to be, come on, somebody, at the Lakewood campus and making sure y'all are showing up and have your face in the place, because it's going to be amazing. And so it says there, there were some women in the company, and I love, it begins to describe, you know, like if the people that work with Jesus had a resume, this is their qualifications, right? It says their qualifications are this, they have been healed of various evil afflictions and illnesses. That encourages me, man, because I ain't all the way healed yet. Come on. And then it says Mary Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. She was in the company of Jesus. Now, I don't have seven demons, but my wife has said that I've got four personalities. Come on. And, and maybe the person you're sitting next to, maybe you're watching online, and you're like, yeah, that's me. You can be in the company of Jesus. Mary Magdalene, whom seven demons had gone out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, we'll get into that, Herod's manager, and Susanna, along with many others who used their considerable means to provide for the company. And many others who used their considerable stories to provide for the company. And many of others who used their considerable gifts, their talents, to provide for the company. And many others who used their mistakes to provide for the company. Five reasons I'm in the company of Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but I am so glad that we're on the other side of being quarantined. Yeah, the pandemic is still kind of around, but I hated being quarantined because I barely like my kids to begin with. <laughs> 
I really didn't like them after the quarantine. And me and my wife were kind of arguing a little bit during the quarantine. I was getting on her nerves. She's getting on my nerves. She sent me to the basement several times. And it was just like, man, we're in the quarantine and I want this to be over. However, I have a kind of an issue that some might call, my wife would call it an addiction. I'll call it a hobby. It's called shopping. Maybe you have that hobby. It's not a hobby. It's not a habit. It's not a hang up. It's not a hiccup. It's a hobby. I love the shop. Matter of fact, I love the shop because I love to open up things that are for me. I love to get deliveries. I absolutely love when boxes show up at the house and I pull out the butter knife. Come on, somebody. And I cut the tape to get what was sent for me. Is there anyone like me? Is there anybody like me? And so during the pandemic, it exposed that I have an issue. Me and the Amazon guy became homies. That means we were very close. He was in my squad. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Amazon guy's coming to the house time and time over and over again. And, and he drives up the driveway. With, he's got an Amazon truck. It says Amazon on the side. He gets out of the truck. It says Amazon. He works for Amazon. He's got the badge. I became comfortable with him. One time I was cooking, and I was actually frying some chicken. And don't judge me. And, um, and uh, I was like... He was like, yo, that smells like chicken. I was like, well, we're friends. So I invited the Amazon guy in to eat. He had COVID, but um, uh, <laughs> I'm joking. And so I got real comfortable with this Amazon guy. Like, we became friends. And after about a month, all these boxes were showing up. And I was like, man, you're, you're, you're my favorite person. I don't like the people in my house right now, but you give me hope. And I got this ring doorbell, and it's kind of video, videos that... The Amazon truck coming at that. Well, one day the Amazon truck came up the driveway about a month after this, and he didn't get out. It was some foreign guy. I mean, like not not like not like foreign, like foreign, like ethnic foreign, but foreign to me. Like I didn't know who he was. And I I I, I lay hands, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I I do all that, but I can still throw him too. Come on, somebody, and don't play with me. So I was like, who is this new guy? And this guy comes up to the door, and he's like, man, I just started working for Amazon, like, you know, three weeks ago, I got out of training, I was like, where's my other guy, I want the guy that I'm familiar with, he, we, we had chicken together, come on, somebody, like, don't, don't judge me, and he's like, no, 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 it's just like all these deliveries, and so I was like, okay, so he started, man, I got comfortable with him, he's bringing all these boxes, it's absolutely awesome, and then another month goes by, and my little doorbell goes off, I, I get real happy, because gifts are coming, presents, credit card debt, and it's a guy, there's no Amazon truck. There's no Amazon uniform. This guy is completely a stranger. This guy, I was like, there's no way this guy works for Amazon. So he comes to the door and I was like, who are you? But he had my boxes, so I felt kind of comfortable with him. And he says, man, I just started working for Amazon. I was like, where's your truck? He says, there's no time for the truck. I said, where's your uniform? He says, the demand of delivery is so great during this season. Amazon is just hiring anybody to be in their company. And I started thinking about us on this side of the pandemic, that the demand of freedom and the demand of salvation and the demand of joy and the demand of peace and the demand of hope and freedom and, and all of the things is so great in our cities that Jesus is just hiring anybody. People that don't have the degree, 
people that don't know all the words to the songs, people that don't have the Bible memorized, people that just got here. I came to tell you that you are in the company of Jesus. Well, Pastor, I don't feel qualified. It doesn't matter. Your family needs forgiveness to be delivered in the package of your heart. I don't have the uniform. It's no longer just the church's job. It's no longer just the preacher's job or the worship team's job or the people who you think should have a uniform on or the people, come on somebody, that drive the right biblical vehicle and know hermeneutics and homiletics. God is in the business of using anybody, everybody, and every single person. I'm in the company of Jesus. Who you work for? I'm in the company of Jesus. Come on, somebody. I may not be your choice, but I'm God's choice. I may not be the one that have, has it all together, but in this company, he'll heal me as I go. In this company, he'll bless me as I go. Like in, his, in this company, like, like I don't have to wait until I get fixed and get it together in order to be used. So many people I run into, I said, man, I want you to go to church. I'm in the company of Jesus, so I'm inviting people to church to be a part of our company. And I said, man, I'm not ready yet. Man, you, I'm of the chief of sinners. I, I got to get myself together first. I got to get fixed. Has anyone ever heard that yeah. first? And I started thinking about this. Like, I got my notes here and got my iPad. And if I were to drop my iPad right now and it would shatter on this floor. Yeah, I'd be disappointed. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to finish this message because <laughs> it's broke. You know what I wouldn't say? Where does it need to get fixed? It needs to go to the Apple store or someone who has the ability to fix broken things. What I wouldn't do is try to put it all back together first and then take it to the store. But so many of us and so many people I meet, they don't realize that church is the place where Jesus works on broken things. Come on, somebody. This is the place where we don't have to have it all together. This is the place where we don't have to get it right. And some of y'all still cuss like, I don't come to church. Join the club. We all are work in progress while we're working to progress the kingdom of God. Number one reason why I'm in the company of Jesus is, is it, it's his plan. What? It says that Jesus continued according to plan. It, since day one, it was in his plan that God uses people. My son, Jaden, he often asks me questions that I don't know if I have the answers to, but I said, well, this is what I think. And he asked me one day, he's like, Dad, why? If God's so powerful, if, if Scripture is true, if, if he parted Red Seas, like, how come he just doesn't do that? How come he just doesn't wake up and things change? I said, well, he never goes to sleep. How come he just doesn't snap his fingers and fix culture? And I said, no, you don't understand the foundation of who he is. He is love. And love in its definition, it has to share itself with someone. And so I believe that God wants to share his glory 
with his children. In other words, he wants to brag on himself through you. Oh, let me make that come home a little bit. I, I, I had the, I don't know if it was the call, the opportunity, or the struggle of pastoring in a city that I grew up in. For 10 years, I was a senior pastor of the city I did dirt in. Come on, somebody. I don't know about y'all, but I used to be a professional sinner. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Like, anyone was really good at it? You know, raise your hand. Like, hopefully you're not still great at it. I was really good at it. And when you pastor in the church that you grew up in, sometimes your history walks in the door. Stuff when you've been married, your history walks in the door. My wife's like, who that? I'm like, it's covered. It's under the blood, girl. Don't. He, he has a... He has a sea of forgetfulness. Don't be bringing up my past, see? <laughs> and some people I'll run into in the city that I used to do dirt with, and I haven't seen them in years. You know what they says? You're a pastor? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody in the room know what I'm talking about? Come on, somebody. You, God uses you? What? And then they start, listen, I remember when you... You just like my wife. And then they say this, no way. And then something shifts in them where they say, if, if God can change you, there must be a God. Can I tell you? That the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our story, our history. And I just want to let you know that God always uses people to fulfill his plan. Moses wasn't everybody's choice. All he had was a stick and a stutter. And it's crazy to me that God would send a man who stutters to speak on behalf of an entire nation to Pharaoh. But God says, God, I don't care about your stutter. I don't care about your past. I don't care how eloquent you are, Moses. If you committed murder, whatever, all you have to do is be able to say, I am. Don't forget that God used Rahab, this woman who ran a brothel to preserve the lineage of Jesus Christ. Come on, I believe that when people read that scripture, they're like, man, I have some sexual history and some sexual past, but surely I never ran a brothel. And if God can use Rahab, my God, then God can use me, how about David? Come on, somebody. David wasn't always, he didn't dot every I and cross every T. David committed adultery. David was a manipulator. David had a man killed, and he still called a man after God's own heart. I came to tell you that God can take your misery and turn it around for an amazing ministry because it was always a part of his plan. I'm a part of God's plan. Ain't no accidents. I'm a part of his plan. Man, it's a kingdom plan. It says, preaching the kingdom. The kingdom? Sounds like a King James Version word. What is the kingdom? I don't understand. Well, it's simple. It goes all the way back to Genesis. 
He says, when he made us, he said, be fruitful, multiply, and have dominion. That word dominion is where the kingdom comes in. That word dominion means I, I'm going to dominate. Let me pause right here. I just want you to know that whatever has been dominating you, when you surrender to the power of God in your life, you can flip the tables and start dominating it. In other words, what the enemy meant for bad, God can use for your good. That word kingdom is the king's domain. The king. Who's the king? Jesus. God. Matter of fact, every football game, they pray this prayer. It's called the Lord's Prayer. They say, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. What? What is that? Thy will be done. Oh, on earth as it is in heaven. That means whenever you see the word kingdom, God is trying to get you to have a mindset that heaven is not a place that you just go to when you die. It's actually a place, an atmosphere. The presence of God can come in your car. The presence of God can be at the mall. The presence of God can be in your house. The presence of God is not just relegated to a church building. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And what God wants to do, he wants to expand his kingdom. And how he expands his kingdom is he makes you an ambassador of the kingdom. He gives you a testimony. And you walk around with that testimony. And that testimony will heal, that your story will heal far more than any sermon will ever heal somebody. That's the kingdom. That's the gospel message. According to plan, I am a part of God's plan. Mary Magdalene, all them seven demons, come on somebody. All those personalities we have, all those deficiencies, all those insecurities, all of that anxiety, God says, I want to use it to brag on myself after I heal you to heal other people. His plan. Number two, five reasons that I'm in the company of Jesus. His plan number two, help want it. Now, I don't know about you all. There was a lot of younger people in the room. I'm 47 years old. I'm thinking about 50. Y'all, the party I'm going to throw at 50 is going to be ridiculous, and none of you are invited. Yeah. <laughs> maybe Sean, maybe Jill, but I want to go on an island, just be by myself somewhere, just 50. You know what I mean? Just get in shape. My goodness. I want one ab, just ever. I I've never had one. I just want one, like... I don't have to have a six-pack. I'll just take one, just a single. Come on, somebody. <laughs> one. Help wanted. See, I, I used to have to go into a newspaper. Let me explain what that is. It's a piece of paper, and it's got these lines, and you, there was no internet. So you'd have to open up, buy a newspaper, open up the newspaper, go to the help wanted ad, and then try to find skills or a job that fits your skills and then pick up a telephone no snapchat no twitter and cold call companies and try to get companies to accept your history try to get companies to accept your skills and abilities until you finally found someone that was desperate enough that needed you i love the fact that in this company of Jesus, that I don't have to look for opportunities. God looks for me. He's looking for my history. He's looking for my skills. He's looking for my abilities. And, and he's saying, help 
wanted. There's a scripture that says this in Ephesians 2. It says God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him on the work he does. Watch this. The good work he has gotten us ready for us to do work we had better be doing. Wow. I never forget I was driving through the streets of Baltimore and before I was pastoring and there was a homeless guy on the street and it's so easy to judge people because of their situation or think what they should do and I felt a help wanted to come up in my spirit. God was saying, I want you to deliver good news to this guy. Good news in the form of the $300 coat you just bought. Who does that? You see, we have this mindset of what's in it for me. What do I get out of this? And God was saying at that moment, he says, I want to see if you'll serve. And I believe we have a a generation of of young people, a generation of believers that have this entitlement mindset in the body of Christ about what I deserve and what I should get and what. And God is saying, no, read the scriptures. The scripture says that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. That means that when I serve someone, when I answer the help wanted ad, some of you are going to face a help wanted ad this Thanksgiving. There's some friction and some division in your family. And this help wanted ad, it's going to require you to forgive someone that doesn't deserve it. And he's saying, understand this, like, it's not about us. It's about spreading this gospel. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about helping those who are in need. That was the kingdom everywhere Jesus went. Blind people would see. Deaf ears would be open. People were healed of various, I mean, Jesus was so powerful, he even healed Peter's mother-in-law, you mean you can reach my (laughs) mother-in-law? Help wanted. It's not an application you fill out. It's an anointing you carry out. Help wanted. You don't get to take off from this job. You don't get to pause from this. This is the only job that at the end of the night when you lay your head on the pillow... You get this soul satisfaction says, today I teamed up with God to change the world. When I was 16 years old, I don't want you to be judging me right now, okay? Somebody say, judgment free, judgment free, judgment free, judgment free. One year I had seven W-2s. That means I quit six jobs. One year. Come on, somebody. I was just quitting jobs. Why? Because there was a party. I was quitting jobs. Why? Because there was a cuter girl at the next Taco Bell. Come on, somebody. (laughs) But this one job I had, I was at Taco Bell. And and, and this was when Taco Bell was really good. This is when Taco Bell had real ground beef, y'all. It was amazing. (laughs) And I I would honestly, real talk, no lie, no preach embellishment, I would bring my own seasonings. I had bring some sazon, some adobo, some seasonal, little hot sauce. We had a special, we had Taco Bell couture. Come on, somebody. (laughs) And I'll be back there in Taco Bell cooking, and, and, uh, 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 and I remember it was a party that night, and, and we were all scheduled, and it was so slow. Now, when you are working an hourly job that's not paying you back then, minimum wage was like $4.25 an hour. Come on, somebody. I was rich. 
I wanted to get sent home early because it was slow. They're sending home everybody but me. I got an attitude now. I'm looking at the manager. He's looking at me. I'm looking at him. I want to knock him out, just being honest. I was a pastor's kid. Y'all don't judge me. And I was like, why are you going to send me home? He's like, well, you know, you haven't been here long enough. And it was slow. It was a Sunday. And all of a sudden, after everyone else was gone but me and him, a church bus pulls up. 60 deep. Come on, somebody. So he looks at me. I look at him. I was like, how are we going to feed all these people? I was like, I don't know. He, he said, I don't know. And they, they started unloading the bus. Now, it was about 3 o'clock, so they had been in church all day. Come on, somebody. And so I was sitting there trying to decide what I was going to do, and I did what any 16-year-old kid who had a party that night would do. I looked at my manager. I looked at them. I went in the back, took my uniform off, threw that uniform down on the floor and be like, peace. Come on, somebody. I am out. True story, y'all. I'm crazy. Seven W-2s, don't judge me. Who was going to feed those people? Who was going to make sure that their appetites were full? And I believe that's where we are in the body of Christ today. We have so many people walking out on the call of God and so many people because it's hard and because they're in it for themselves and because they're going through some stuff and they're going through some pain. Could it be that God doesn't want you to quit what you're going through because on the other side of what you're going through, you're going to be able to feed somebody what they would never be able to eat without you? His plan, he's saying help wanted the Bible says that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I'm not talking about a full-time job at a church. I'm talking about a full-time job being the church. I'm talking about having to understand that church doesn't start when service starts. Church starts when service is over. I don't just go to church. I am the church. I'm the church in college. I'm the church at school. I'm the church in traffic. Help wanted. That's why Gideon answered the call when he was outnumbered. That's why a butler named Nehemiah. Come on, somebody. That's like a holy name. You should be a butler named Nehemiah. His name should have been like Ed. We're going to read the book of Ed. How does a butler become a wall builder? You know how? How? Because... He used his access to the king, not just for himself. When, when you answer the help wanted, you're saying, I'm going to rebuild what everybody else is just comfortable with. Help wanted his plan. Help wanted number three. Hands open. Five reasons I'm in the company of Jesus. Everybody do your hands like this. Come on, come on, come on, do your hands like this. Come on, line. Come on, put your hands up. I know, come on. Some of y'all hands ashy, ain't got no lotion on. Come on, look like you've been juggling powdered donuts. Those lines, those fingerprints, those skills, those abilities, you are not a carbon copy. You did not come off an assembly line. What you can do, no one else can do. Where you can go, no one else can go. The gifts, the talents, the skills, the abilities that you have, God has placed them in your hands. And when you place your life in the hands of Jesus, Jesus will place his call in your hands. 
Let me say that again. When you place your life in the hands of Jesus, Jesus will place his purpose, his call, his gifting, his anointing in your hands. You don't have to be a professional preacher. You just have to be professional in your own testimony and in your own story and know that, guess what? This is going to count for more than pain. Some of y'all need to get an attitude. Man, you think all that I went through just going to count for a scar? All that I went through just going to count that I got over it? Thank God I got over it, Jesus. It's got to count for more than that. You know how it counts for more than that? When you decide I'm going to turn this purpose or this pain into purpose. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? When you realize that now you have an anointing to heal what used to hurt you. So many people looking for, man, what has God called me to? Your story. Where am I supposed to go? In the places you've been. Don't forget where you came from. You have an anointing and you have a gifting now to go back and heal what used to hurt you, to go back and be, come on somebody, what used to try to take you out. That's why I can't believe that Irene and I get a chance to you know, walk pastors and couples through healing in their marriage because our marriage was jacked up for so long and now it's amazing that we didn't just get through it, but we're making it count for something greater than just history. I'm in the company of Jesus. What? I'm in the company of Jesus. I got fired. <laughs> from where? The job you were at the mall. Come on, you got fired from PacSun. <laughs> but you're in the company of Jesus. My God, I can't take off. I'm in the company of Jesus. Hands open. I was thinking about this. You guys know the story. It's found in Luke chapter 9. Uh, we call it the feeding of the 5,000. Y'all ever heard of that? I call it the greatest fish fry in history. <laughs> I like fried fish. Don't judge me. Maybe it's not a fish fry. Maybe it's he's pulled up to Popeye's and asked for a two-piece fish dinner, four biscuits, and an extra one. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Two fish, five loaves of bread. <laughs> you, you ever... Now... Theologians will say that it wasn't 5,000 people. And this is not new information. They say because they only counted men. And so if you counted the women and children, an average four in each family, it was 20,000 people. So you ever ask yourself, how did they notice him? Now, if we were just in a room filled with 300 people, it'd be hard to notice someone who's just carrying a little brown paper bag. Maybe that's what he had. Or a lunchbox. Come on, Transformers lunchbox. <laughs> It'd be hard to notice. How did they notice amongst 20,000 people? Check it out in Luke 9, 13. He replied, now understand the disciples come and said, Jesus, all these people are hungry. What are we going to do? And I love Jesus' response. You feed them. You tell them your story. Pastor, fix them. You fix them. Can't wait till they get to church. You be the church. Who's going to forgive them? You. Me. Then it says this. It's all we got is five loaves and two fish. 
unless we go buy food for all these people. How does this boy, was he extra tall? Come on, somebody. Did he have a sign that says, choose me, choose me, choose me? Did he have a big church? No. You know what I think? I think he woke up that morning and said, these gifts, these talents, these skills, these abilities, this lunch, however you want to use it today, God, I'm available for you to use it. In other words, he lived an open-handed life. Do we live open-handed lives? These are my skills, my abilities, my resume, my house, my car, my resources, my money. God says, nope, everything you're saying is yours. I put it in your hands. Can I tell you something, Red Rocks Church? I've decided that if you'll live an open-handed life, God will keep your hands full. Come on, somebody. God, this belongs to you. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You are a manager of everything and an owner of nothing. Everything that I have, all of who I am, it belongs to God. And when I give it back to him, my life does a lot better in his hands than in my own. Can I say this a preacher way? Get your hands out of God's plan. God's got you. God's going to use you. You're in the company of Jesus. But what if they find out, Jesus, about my history? You're in the company of Jesus. Help wanted. His plan. Help wanted. Hands open. Number four. Five reasons I'm in the company of Jesus. I love this one. Hearts soft. Hearts soft. What does that mean? It means that before you put your feet to action, make sure your heart is filled with compassion. Heart soft. I'm going to lead with my obedience, not my opinion. Heart soft. I'm not going to judge Mary Magdalene because she has seven demons just because she sins differently than me. Heart soft. I can't post about everything. I can't lead with what I'm against. I want to lead with who I'm for. Hearts soft. The Bible says that when Jesus looked at those crowds, he had compassion on them. You know what compassion is? Compassion is putting someone else's heart hurts in your heart until it's healed. Compassion. Jesus led with compassion. The number one qualification to be in the company of Jesus is to have compassion. You know how you keep compassion high? The meter of compassion in your heart? Y'all ready? It's deep. Remember what he did for you. 
don't know about you. Ain't nobody perfect in this church, in this room, in this world. I am a living, breathing, walking, talking testimony that if it had not been for God, I have no idea where I would be today. That allows me to lead with compassion. My heart is going to stay soft. Let me give you another definition of that. Good, good def- heart compassion meter. Here it is. Does your heart break for the things that breaks the heart of God? In this company, it's about compassion. In this company, whether you're white, black, Hispanic, Asian, short, tall, right, left, you can be in this company. This company understands that our ethnic culture is a subculture to the kingdom culture. This company says, I'm not right, I'm not left, I'm vertical. This company says, you're my brother, you're my sister. This company says, love your neighbor as you love yourself, but stop picking the neighborhoods you live in. It's easy to love your neighbors, you love yourself when you get to choose who you do lunch with and who you do life with. But in this company, it's about having a, a soft heart. I believe that's what David had. He had a soft heart. Brokenness before God. Contrition. Humility. Hey, have you ever met someone that you know they didn't been through a lot? And I'm almost done. They didn't been through a ton. And then they got pride. Like, look where I've come. And they don't really say it, but they kind of walk with this. Everybody else is beneath me. Nobody in this church, I'm sure. Man, I, I wonder where they forgot about the benefits in this company. See, the benefits in a secular company, 401k, Right? Three or four weeks vacation. Pay for my cell phone. Those are good benefits. Come on, somebody. That's a good job. The benefits in the company of Jesus is two things the world can't give you. You can't see it on paper. It's called grace and mercy. I have been a beneficiary of the best benefits on the planet. Every time I say I'll never do it again, I did it. Grace and mercy. You see, sometimes the world will have some grace, but the one thing they don't have is mercy, grace and mercy. Maybe you're watching, you're like, man, Pastor, what what is that? It's called a reset button. What is that? It's called a do-over. What is kept? It's called, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Let me tell you something about these two benefits. Every day you wake up, there's new grace and mercy. Every single day. You mean, I don't have to follow all the rules? No, rules without relationship equal rebellion. It's about relationship. Grace. Is there anybody thankful for God's grace and God's mercy? That'll keep your heart soft. Here's what I've come to learn. A man is not measured by how tall he stands after he falls. A woman is not measured by how tall she stands 
after she falls, but rather how low you remain after you stand. Soft heart, man. I'm walking with humility. I'm walking with, I can't believe that God uses me. Oh, my God. Let me tell y'all something. If they put my past on the screen, y'all run out this building. (laughs) But guess what? I don't care if they put it up there because it wouldn't diminish me. It would brag on grace and mercy in my life. Come on, somebody. Five reasons. Number four, heart soft, and I'm out of your way. Number five, history accepted. I love this. Mary Magdalene, who had seven demons. He used Joanna, whose husband was one of Herod's top servants, uh, 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 and she was healed by Jesus. Uh, uh, Herod's, Herod's husband was the financial officer. This woman, she had riches, and God used her. Because sometimes we think that God and the grace is only for broke people. Let me tell you something. Bible says it's hard for a rich man. Come on, somebody. To get into the kingdom of God, it's like his heart is threading a needle. God uses you. God wants to team up with you to not make it about your return on investment, but rather your return in eternity. He used the 12 disciples. Come on, y'all. He used Peter. Can you imagine hanging out with somebody for three and a half years every day and they keep forgetting who you are? That's Peter, especially in a storm. Jesus walking on water, he's like, Jesus, is that you? I'm sure Jesus is like, homie, we've been hanging out every day and you still don't recognize me? Isn't it crazy how it's so hard sometimes to see God work in our lives? But yet, he says, I know you forgot about me, but you're still in the company. He uses Judas. Come on, somebody. Somebody who would betray him. In the company of Jesus? John got an attitude in the company of Jesus? Peter didn't like ears? (laughs) In the company of Jesus? It's kind of like because they had been healed, they had no other choice but to help. Let's say this with me. Come on, everybody. Say it. Because I've been healed. I got to help. I got to help the lost. I got to help the broken. I got to help those who are discouraged. I got to help those with anxiety. I got to help those with fear. I got to help those with doubt. I got to help those who who are suicidal. I got to help those who are depressed. I got to help those who are on the verge of being divorced. I got to help those who are racist. I got to help those who, 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 I I, got to help prideful people. I got to help broken people. I got to help blessed people. I got to help rich people. I got to help poor people. I got to help black people. I got to help white people. I got to help because I've been healed. I have to help. I am in the company of Jesus. Seven W-2s. Sean, one year, my dad was so mad at me. He took my car. He grounded me from my car. Well, his car. He bought it. (laughs) He used to say this. He'd say, son, no one is going to hire someone who has a lot of history and haven't stuck through a hard job. He used to say, the more jobs you have, the less chances you have. 
No company that is serious is going to hire someone who just jumps from opportunity to opportunity, from thing to thing. You know the last job I had that year? It was for the dollar store. This, this, this dollar store is brand new. I never heard of a dollar store. I was like, you mean you can only pay a dollar for stuff? But I didn't want to work there because it was a good job. I wanted to work there because it was a cute girl that worked there. It was a long time ago. Don't judge me. She was a cashier. She said, I'm going to be a cashier. I was like, okay, I'm going to be me. I'm going to be a, I'm be another cashier beside you. So I signed up and I got my application. I went there to work and I found out when I got there, the store was just starting. They were putting together shelves. I didn't sign up to put together shelves. I wanted to work the cashier. Come on, somebody. Because... Shorty was working the cashier. <laughs> so I tried to figure, man, how am I going to get out of this? What am I going to do? I want to work here. It was two hours, Sean. I was in that place two hours. True story. They were putting together shelves, and the screwdriver broke. And I was like, man, my granddad lives right up the street. They were like, really? I was like, yeah. I was like, he's got a screwdriver. I'll go grab it. I haven't been back since. Come on, somebody. And then I got a W-2 with two hours. Come on, somebody, and more history. Is there anybody that's got some history you're not proud of? You walk through some things you're not proud of. You went from relationship to relationship to relationship, and your history started accumulating. And you're like, man, no one's going to love me. Maybe it's been you've been in a cycle of addiction or a cycle of, of awfulizing or anxiety or you got some, some psychological things going on. You're like, man, no one's going to hire me. I got too much history. I, I, I want to I help you guys with something. You know, when you fill out a resume, you start putting everything on the resume that you're qualified for. Right? Do you know the one thing that in this company that Jesus wants from you that he didn't already give you? Like, God, here's my talents. He's like, nah, gave, him the, gave you those. Here's my mind. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. God, here's my life. Gave you that, breathed in you. What is it, God? What do you want from me? What do you want on my first day? What do you want me to give you that you haven't given me? He says, there's only one thing that you can give me that I didn't give you. And that's why I sent my son Jesus. Ready? Your sin. And he's saying, on the first day, I don't want your talents. I don't want your gifts. I don't want your skills. The only thing that I want from you is everything you're not. Come on, stand with me, Red Rock Church. Come on, stand with me online. If you're in your kitchen, stand up because this is the best exchange ever. You give Jesus what you're not and he gives you all of who he is. I think that's a good deal. Come on, put your hands together. History accepted. Five reasons I am in the company of Jesus. Come on, look at the person next to you and says, I'm in the company of Jesus. I don't know what company you're in, but I got a good desk. Come on, somebody. I'm going to heavenly places. I have grace. I've got mercy. I've got peace. I've got joy. I've got forgiveness. And it's going to follow me all the days of my life. Your history is accepted. Five reasons. You're in the company 
Jesus. I just encourage you as I end right here. I want you to think about God's resume in your life and all the things you've walked out on and all the things you may have never finished. God's like, uh-uh, you don't need to finish it. I'm completing it. I'm completing it. I'm teaming up with you to change the world. When you read the Bible, it is not fiction. It is real. I may not part a Red Sea, but I'll use you to build a bridge. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I may not change water into wine, but I'll change your difficult situation into destiny. Come on, somebody. God will use the crazy things to confound the wise. Come on, let's pray, Father. I thank you for this church. I thank you for all these people who are watching. And Father, right now, I want them to know that they are in the company of you, Father. Five reasons, God. You called them. You was a part of your plan. God, it was help wanted. They answered the help wanted. And God, their history was accepted. God, their hearts are soft, God. And their hands are open. And maybe you're listening to this message. You're like, man, Pastor, I felt the goosebumps. That wasn't goosebumps, that was the Holy Spirit telling you I'm waiting for you. I've been thinking about you and maybe your relationship with God is far, there's distance. And right now, Jesus wants to step into your life and he wants you to be a part of the company. You can look at Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Susanna, the 12. They are a good idea that God has not forgotten about you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. There is nothing that you can do for God to give up on you. If you still got breath, you still got purpose and a destiny. And if that's you and you're saying, Pastor, right now, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to follow that Jesus. Right in the comments right now, I dare you to put a little hand up. I dare you to put a little fist bump. I dare you to say, it's me. I want to be in the company of Jesus. And right now, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Say, Jesus, set me free. Say, Jesus, if you can somehow use me, please team up with me. I want to change the world. I want my history to count for something more than pain. Today, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you are God, that you are Savior, that you are Lord. In Jesus' name. Now, Red Rocks Church, let's put our hands together and begin to give God a shout of praise. Come on, somebody. I am in the company.